the yearbook sportscast i think i just alienated everybody at the grocery store just now i don't know what happened i don't know how it happened perhaps they've heard the podcast today does that thing where your brain picks out the perfect song to fit your current mood and sticks it in your head so you start singing the song without even realizing it and you're getting the lyrics right without even realizing it does that have a name There must be a name for that function. And why are so many kickers transferring from Kent State University football? A star place kicker after 2018. A star punter after this season. And whatever happened to the name Trisha? Do you know a Trisha? Are there Trishas at your school? We single out schools because obviously that would be the place where you'd be seeing Trisha's if parents are still naming their children Trisha. The Social Security Administration says the name Trisha, not Patricia, but just Trisha, the name Trisha was last seen in the top 1,000 baby names in the United States in 1994 when it was ranked 808th. Then it disappeared from the top 1,000 and has not come back. This is true. Trisha had been a popular name in the United States since 1953. It peaked in... 1971, at the 109th most popular baby name. And by the end, in 1994, there were only 250. Not 1,000. There were only 250 Trishas born in the entire United States. Don't worry, Doug was never popular. Someone made a tremendous point. They were being funny, but it's completely accurate. Demi Lovato is singing the Super Bowl National Anthem this Sunday. She can bet on the length of the Super Bowl Anthem and obviously win. She knows how long it's going to be, and she can always just slightly alter it as she sings so she can win. This is not a complaint. It's a great loophole, and it's a great loophole available to only one person on the entire planet. I mean, to be completely accurate, there's a few people who are familiar with the soundtrack or the performance, so they could bet. But Demi Lovato should bet on the length of the Super Bowl anthem. I mean, seriously. Is it going to be a controversy about fixing the length of the anthem to win money? She should bet, and then we'll all read the book about this loophole. We'll read all about it in a few years. At last weekend's All-Star Game, the NHL held a three-on-three hockey competition with female players. It was all women. It was the USA versus Canada. Uh, three players on each side plus the goalies. They used the full rink and a running clock. There are problems with this. First... There was no prize money for the three-on-three event. The female players were supposed to get appearance fees, but not the $30,000 an NHL player would get by winning one of the skills competitions, and definitely not the $1 million the winning team in the NHL All-Star Game would get. Second, the running clock. A running clock means even when the goalie holds on to the puck, even when a goal is scored and one team is skating all over the ice celebrating, even then... The clock keeps going. It never stops. The better to get the event over with as fast as possible. The exposure for the women alone is great to have that as part of NHL All-Star Weekend. But for those that play women's pro hockey in North America, you can't live on the salaries. And this isn't about rich people have rich people problems. No, you literally cannot live on a women's pro hockey salary. So some of the best female players in the world are the average middle class or the the broke guests at a really fancy wedding. Well, the NHL players arrive and they play to win a million dollars or at least 30 grand. The women arrive at the party making no money in their real lives and they won't make any money at the festivities either. 
And it's not like they're not trying. At last year's All-Star Weekend, U.S. player Brianna Decker had to demonstrate a passing event. That was her job. And her unofficial time turned out to be three seconds better than the eventual winning men's time, and no one would have even known about it since the NHL didn't time Decker had someone not taped Decker's performance on their phone. But Decker wasn't eligible for the $25,000 prize. The NHL paid the winning men's player, but it took another three-letter word, CCM, the equipment manufacturer, to quickly jump in and pay Decker. Obviously, the men's leagues were not immediate successes. It took decades and decades for men's salaries to skyrocket. And obviously, economics are at work, market forces, and what the market will bear, et cetera, et cetera. But for once, couldn't someone just do the right thing from the very beginning? Instead of working up to everything gradually over decades, couldn't somebody at least say from the beginning, it's embarrassing, there's no prize money for the women? Important disclaimer, just to clarify, I believe all the participants in the women's three-on-three competition are not currently playing women's pro hockey. They formed a players association and are sitting out this pro season. They did not sign with the U.S. Pro League due to problems with that league, including low pay. The highest known NWHL salary is $15,000. So these players would be making no money if they weren't essentially on strike due to low wages. Contact this podcast that says in the yearbook at hotmail.com and let us know things. Somebody has to win the Super Bowl on the 49ers side. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan was the Falcons offensive coordinator when the Patriots completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. And it weren't no 10 nothing. It was 28-3 in the second half. But, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, obviously everybody's connected to it. Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure, in airports is like, don't mention 28-3. Don't mention 28-3. Nobody bring up the Super Bowl. Nobody bring up the Super Bowl. I mean, he knows he's tied to it, obviously, as part of his history. But when people mention the comeback and the accompanying collapse, I mean, aren't other people more closely tied to it than Kyle Shanahan? I mean, people mention Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner. People mention... Uh, Dan Quinn, the Falcons coach, uh, long before they mentioned uh, Shanahan. On other fronts, the 49ers look invincible, meaning they really are invincible or they're overdue for a collapse. On the Chiefs side, we've always wondered if Chiefs coach Andy Reid is a finisher. He did take the Eagles also to a Super Bowl where they almost and could have beaten the Patriots. And now he has the Chiefs back in it for the first time since there was a tornado watch at a Super Bowl. And last season, they probably should have been at the Super Bowl, too, were it not for an offside penalty. I mean, can you blame that on Andy Reid? Maybe you can't. But Kansas City was supposed to be good every year under Reid. And until last year, they kept bailing out of the playoffs early. Even this season, the Chiefs were supposed to be here all along, but they were supposed to be absolutely out of this world incredible. Yeah, they weren't great. And you can make the argument they benefited tremendously from having Baltimore and New England eliminated for them. So the answer is, we'll know something late Sunday night or Monday morning if we get overtime. I'm your host, Thorny Issue. Actually, I'm the guy whose identity was stolen. The more we think about this, the more we think it was. I think our identity was stolen by Limu, Emu, and Doug. Seriously, look at this podcast cover art. And my real name is Doug. 